Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Station. Sabonis. And the pass is thrown away. Give it to you. This is Dirt and Sprague. Kusnard will inbound. Gets it to Tracy. Right back to Kusnard. Looking to break the OSU press. Passes to Rigsby. Across the timeline. Rigsby to the basket. He slams it home. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. LeBron rocking it. Step back. Three on the way. The fifth three of this quarter for LeBron James. There's that signature move. And Dave on the other end, in this quarter, he's taking the challenge. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland's Sports Leader 1080, The Fan. Let's go. A Joe Fish a dish. Look at that. We're what? just rolling through uh, the cavalcade of fan stars this week, aren't we? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> no, I know. It's hard to talk to yourself, and I'm busy over here doing 72 different things, and so it's uh, it's good for you. I'm a radio slut. What do you want from me? That's Digging fine, real, man. Real, real uh, low at the bottom of the barrel there. Uh, yeah, we're quite literally at the bottom of the barrel. Well, at least I'm here Monday through Friday. I mean, you know, you... Call up that bum Patrick and have him in here. He just shows up when he gets the call. Well, he shows up when he's not even supposed to be here. Yeah. I got an interesting call <laughs> yesterday during a birthday dinner from one P. Harris. Patrick Harris? Didn't realize that the Ducks were playing on a Wednesday night last night that preempted. Does he not check your schedule? Uh, that's kind of, He's like, what's the protocol? And is that a producer thing? Is that? I'm like, I send the schedule to what's every. The, what's the protocol? Exactly. I'm like. You're included on the distribution list. I send that thing out. I Everybody it. has it. I hate that email. I get it every week. Again, for someone who's here Monday through Friday, I'll be like, yeah, I get that email too. I'm like, you they're know, posted I'm in both checked. studios. I'm, I'm going to have to stand up for my hot corner boys real quick. It happens every Wednesday night. <laughs> it's every Wednesday night. You are literally making the schedule and putting something else under the Wednesday slot. <laughs> I will text you right now. It'll take me 10 to 15 seconds to send. 
No hot corner. Yeah. Ducks basketball. Yeah. Just courtesy text. Oh. You know, I think How I, long have we been the flagship for Oregon Ducks now? Six not, years? Not as long as uh, hot corner has been on air for. Okay. That's but, true. That's I'm true. just saying, information is responsibility. And the hot corner makes the station so much more money than the Ducks, I'm sure. Don't check the spreadsheets. It's a rating bonanza, actually. Yeah, don't, don't check the spreadsheets. More people were, look, just especially. Take my, take my word for it. Especially last night's game. They wanted to listen to the hot corner more than listen to my beeves lose the last Civil War that will ever be played. Well, let's not overreact. I mean, it's. Not oh, they're the definitely going to keep the basketball oh, going. Oh, no, no, no. You guys are reading that wrong. It is the last one. Will they play non-conference? Yeah. yeah. It don't count. The football thing, they're going to play it. It's going to be feel dead. Yes, they are no longer conference foes. No, so it makes it kind of irrelevant, to be honest with well, you. And let's be real, nobody cares about Oregon or Oregon State basketball yeah. at this point. So They're not having great seasons, that's for sure. Oregon's like... Well, the Ducks are the very definition of a bubble team. They're going to have yeah. a record that is worthy of consideration, but they do not have... It, it all depends on what they do Saturday down in Tucson. I, I, think I that, disagree with that. I, I, I'm to the point where I say they have to damn near win the conference that's, tournament. Um, after I think that ship sailed when they lost to Cal. <laughs> It's yeah, like, it's kind of how I viewed it, too. When that happened, I'm like, okay, so three straight years yeah. of no tournament appearance. Well, so. tell you, look, Cal's like sixth in the conference at 9-9. Nine and nine. <laughs> They're 13-15. and 15. I understand the non-conference didn't go well, but they're 9-9 nine and nine in the Pac-12. I don't think, yeah, but I don't think that's going to... No, it doesn't help their case, but it let's hurts not case. say Cal was the worst loss of the season. So no, I would say Cal was the worst loss at the worst time of the season. Yeah. Time-wise, it's not a good loss. I think before this Oregon State game, they were like 5-6 and six in their last 11 games. Yeah. yeah. No Ducks in the tournament. No Pitt Panthers in the tournament this year either. No Beavers in the tournament. Damn well, it. I mean, No Huskies in the tournament. We got some Cougars in the tournament, though. Yeah, Cougs, Cougs should be in. I still can't believe that's happening. I'm uh I'm riding I'm riding on fumes and I don't mean that as in like I'm exhausted. I'm just I got woke up four times last night. Oh, me too, buddy. Uh-oh. By what I thought was my house being blown over. A little gusty out there on the east side. Oh, it wasn't a little gusty. It it was like full on. Like I thought mm. a tree was falling on my deck. Grab would... the kids. We go have to go to the cellar. Yeah, it kind of felt like a twister scene. <laughs> I was like, the windows are gonna shatter any second here. And it just it woke me up like get, three, four get times. To the storm cellar. Yeah, and then I'll hold the door even though you know it's just gonna suck me out like or an idiot. You can uh, tie yourself off to a, a pipe with your belt. Here, let me ask you this: in that movie. <laughs> Does does the little uh, does little Helen Hunt the little kid and the mom, they don't get sucked out, right? No, I mean Helen Hunt makes right. it to the end exactly yeah. uh, because what, of the leather belt. No, what happens there though is the dad does get sucked out. Yes, the door goes with the dad, so the mom and the daughter still don't get sucked out even without the cellar door. But I the dad know. felt the need to. I'm holding it. Oh, you would have been fine, you moron. Is that the at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, that's yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. I need to that's rewatch what, Twister. Uh, that's oh, what so spurs good. her uh, her obsession obsession yeah. with discovering yep how tornadoes originate. Trying to, how to warn track people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I have a hot take. I think that dad was gonna leave the family, and he didn't know what to do. So that was his out. He's like, <laughs> I'd rather be dead. That's the hot take of Twister. There I think the go. dad wanted take to me. die. Please. <laughs> they didn't find the suicide note because he forgot to put it in the most obvious it place. Well, it, but it blew yeah, away. It, it was in, in his pocket. Oh, no! <laughs>
But he had a suicide note. He just didn't leave it. Yeah. The release of Sweet Death. I hope we didn't please. spoil that movie for anyone. Oh. It came out in 96. I know. I know. Um, There'll be somebody. <laughs> I saw, so two days ago, I forgot to bring this up on the show yesterday. But now that you're here, Fish, I thought you'd enjoy this too. I'm driving home. I get off of 405. And I, I take this because I live on the east side. So I go over the Ross Island Bridge to 99 every day. Uh, unless I go to therapy. And yesterday or two days ago, I'm driving home and I'm at a stoplight right off of 405. And there's a car that pulls next to me on my left. And I look over and it, it had, you know, four, five, six bumper stickers on it. And I always like to read bumper stickers. Are you a political bumper sticker person? Are you a weirdo bumper sticker person? Are you like an alien? Are you a marathoner? Are you a marathoner, a proud parent of a GPA in sixth grade? Honk if you're horny. Yeah, like what are are you? Are you a specific dog lover? Yes. And I lean over and there's three bumper stickers and one catches my eye. And I had to read it three times to make sure I was reading it right. Oh, was it one of those punny ones? No, it's it's maybe the weirdest bumper sticker I've uh, ever seen on a car. And I've seen some weird bumper stickers. This is Portland. This one said, just plain white bumper sticker in black font. Tom Brady licks his kids to sleep. <laughs> that is all it said. And there was no football stuff on this car. There wasn't like a Raider logo, a Dolphin logo. It just... It was this, and it was like two other nondescript bumper stickers that are so irrelevant. I don't remember what they were. This one said, Tom Brady licks his kids to sleep. Talk about making a mountain out of a molehill. He sees that one video of his, let's let's be real, uh, longer than needed uh, kiss with his son on the massage table. I, you know, look, uh, we talked about this when it happened. He kisses Kraft. He kisses his dad. He kisses his kids. I, I, some people have this in them. I stopped kissing people when I was like nine. I was like, oh, stop. What are we doing? I, I don't remember what like news channel and what city it was, but I remember when that happened, them going like doing a man on the street interview with people like, how do you feel about this? And like getting people's opinion on Tom Brady kissing his child. And there are some people like, ah, man, I like showing them the video right then and there and getting instant reaction. I'm like, really? Slow, slow news day in uh, whatever city. Well, what at what point in your life would you say his kid like I want to put this on my car? Um, maybe it's a joke that I just missed. Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, well, I don't want to be a Giants fan because I mean, you don't really it's real. You they don't, won. Why I, would I was, you gonna, I was gonna say? I want to be them. It's got to be yeah. Dolphins, Bills, Jets fan. Maybe Colts. Know. He lost his fantasy league, and that was the punishment. Uh, yeah. I have no idea, dude. Yeah. I, I'm looking right now. I just googled it out of curiosity. I'm not seeing this as a real bumper sticker. So this person <laughs> made a bumper sticker that says. I would Tom Brady licks his I'm kids. Starting to I, think would, I would a, scrub a that uh, search history once we're done here, and just just in case. <laughs> I've looked up way worse things on this laptop than that. <laughs> well, AI, man, you never know what's going to pop up now. There is a reason my computer's always having to restart. I don't know what it is, you know? What do it's, I do? It's smoking for some reason over there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he, like, uh, is it like a soothing thing, like, to put his child to sleep as if he's, like, a dog or a cat, like, grooming oh. his child? <laughs> I just like, why would you want that on your car? Why would you want people to read that? That's a, it's a bold move, Cotton. See if it pays off. I think it's questionable enough to want to put like a, a politician's name on your car. I, st- I still see some cars in my, my uh, side of town. I still see cars. I saw one not long ago 
with a uh, an Al Gore bumper sticker for president. I'm like, holy crap. Can you scrape that what off? Was that 2000? It was 2000. You want to talk about uh, doing a recount of the votes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but like, that's 24 years ago. Yeah. He was saying stop the count before it was even cool. Mm. No, actually, he was like, all right, you counted. I lost. Bye. <laughs> he wasn't like What a, a bitch. He wasn't questioning anything. He's like, all right, I lost. 500 yeah. votes. Bye. He's all the, the stuff with Trump. He's like, wait, I could have done that? <laughs> I could have submitted like 500 court cases. What? It's bad enough that we have a president that like looks asleep while he's eating ice cream talking about Gaza. (laughs) And the other one's just going to tell you that it was either rigged if he loses or, of course, it was a clean election if he wins. I like Pumpernickel. (laughs) God. Do you think he's a Spumoni fan? This year's going to be really wild at the end of it, isn't it? Biden's a Spumoni fan, I bet you. No, it was a straight vanilla cone. That's, come on, man. You got We got better options out there. It's 2024. Very you know, odd look Ventura. of a... Dude, we had someone throw a, a ice cream out our window in the building yesterday. What? Yeah. No. Over by... Coo- uh, not uh, Kugloods. Over Kurt Ludwig. He was just sitting there and we just hear a thud. Like a Sunday or an ice cream It cone. was like as if they just took the top off their cone and just hurled it at the window. Jeez. I mean, I'll take that. We had a literal. We did have a broken window for a while, so I we guess did. I'll take it. An ice cream being thrown in. It was chocolate chip cookie dough. I'm like, what are we? What are we doing? That's I would a good al- flavor. I would also say, like, when I would have finished that for you. We used to get in here, and there would be, like, there was just human crap sometimes. That's yeah. True. There was one uh, older uh, person that was often at the front steps. We're pretty sure he's dead. I'm gonna guess that leg. I don't know what that leg was, but uh, man, it it was, looked fake. It was like it was black. It was black. That's true. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. You know now. who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. I remember at the old place showing up one morning to a giant bag of weed. Mm. You remember that? No. Yeah, there was like a giant... Grubhub? <laughs> now that's a genius idea. Just Delivery leave, weed? Just leave my weed on the front doorstep. No, it was like a garbage bag of like untrimmed weed. It was like still on the stem and... Someone just left it there? Yes. Man, we got a cake once from a listener. I shouldn't say this out loud, but this was years ago. And it was a show that's no longer on the air, but it was on the air. And they had something delivered from a listener. And it was a nice gesture we were not allowed to touch it because we were worried about like I don't know yeah. anthrax or the, whatever the hell it was. Something, yeah. yeah, and it was I was just a listener doing a nice thing, and it was like, hey, can't yeah, eat this. I just thought it was poisoned. Well, nothing will top the weed brownie incident. Oh, what did you not hear about that? Do you remember that swag, the weed brownies? Vaguely, yeah. Somebody brought weed brownies, and one of our former coworkers, she was a sales exec. Nobody told her, nobody told anybody, and she grabbed one, and she was at her desk, and she's like, I'm not feeling very good. <laughs> yeah. And she had to go home. Uh, whose idea was it to bring in some weed brownies? And they just put it in the kitchen with, like, a sign, like, help yourself? Was uh, it our listener? Was it a KGON listener? Did I we think know? it was a KGON listener, yeah. But breaking news, nobody knew there was weed in it. Yeah. We just thought it was somebody from our building <laughs> bringing in brownies. It's a nice gesture. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's why we eat almond rokas now. That's right. <laughs> that's we're going to be eating almond roca for the <laughs> decades, man. No kidding. That's an HR nightmare right there, man. or a really good time, um, but not for that person. <laughs> it sounded no. like they were not enjoying it. It did not go well for them. They did not enjoy that ride. I need to go home. We have three guests today, Joe. Yeah, that's that's a lot. It is a lot, but they're pretty timely guests. David- I'm down. David Sampson covers Major League Baseball. Uh, he works for Metal Arc Media. He's got his own podcast, Nothing Personal. Former president exec 
of the Marlins. Uh, Barrett was on our station a couple days ago at the X-Golf uh, Fan Winter Golf Classic. So I want to ask, I'm going to play a clip for David Sampson, and we'll talk to him how he's reading the expansion where Portland and Salt Lake are. I got a couple other baseball questions. This is the Dodgers of the field. So we'll talk with David Sampson at 6.30. At 7.30, Chris Mannix wrote a piece on Dame Lillard. Excited about that. I, I, I'm going to have to sneak in a boxing question for old Chris Mannix. Yeah, Mannix is a big boxing guy, so you sneak in the boxing questions. We'll talk some hoops with Mannix at 7.30. And at 8, Ken Barkley, hopefully he'll have some news on if something was done over the last week or so. Tell you what that is and get his thoughts on some of the uh, the action going forward in sports gambling. Uh, it is a busy show. Let's start. Let's start with this. We'll start with college football, something we may get to again later in the show. Some interesting college football news came out yesterday. That's next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, we'll get to the Timbers story. There's a Portland Timbers story that's insane, and of course it happens to the Timbers. <laughs> Uh, season just started too, so one game in. Um, at least they won. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's gonna be bad though if they start playing really poorly, and then this is how we start off our seasons with this story, and then they suck. Uh, David Sams is gonna join us at six thirty. So let's get to this college football note. This is from Ross Dellinger. Others had it as well. Pete Thamel, I think, came out with it as well. Uh, I saw it from Dellinger, so they haven't approved anything. There, Nothing is in concrete, but as this stuff just morphs and changes, I think it's fair to talk about and bring up. Uh, the 14-team expanded playoff, even though we haven't even had year one with 12, <laughs> that appears as if it's almost done. You know, if, it, if this was a football comp, I'd say we're in the red zone. Scott Hansen's going live to the college football world. They're in the red zone now with this. We'll see if they concrete, you know, sign – Dot the I's, cross the T's. Uh, this is how it's going to work. We got the outline for it. Three autom automatic qualifiers for the SEC. Three automatic qualifiers for the Big Ten. Two for the ACC. Two for the Big 12. One group of five automatic qualifier. And three at-larges. 
Uh, the SEC and the Big Ten, many people responded and said, it's kind of a win. They wanted four. They only got three. And I laughed and I went, you don't think they're going to get those next three automatic spots? You don't think they're going to get the, the next three highest ranked after all the qualifiers have been reached? You don't think those two conferences are going to be the ones to fill those slots? You're insane. Yeah, this is... College football is so weird in the sense that, I mean, sports are like this in general, but it's like you, you just mentioned it. We haven't even gotten to year one of the 12 team and we're already like, nope, not good enough. And then to cater to Big Ten and SEC, like, I get it. I, I, I understand why they're doing that. But also, isn't it a little bit annoying? Like, in a sense, like. Oh, I think college football is, I think college football is as alive as it's ever been and it's also dead. They have lost who they are. They've yeah. lost their identity. They've lost fans through this stuff. Uh, I think even diehard fans of certain teams like that have gone to new conferences or don't know the future of their current conference, I, I think everybody's about tired of this. Well, what's to say that they're not just going to scrap this in two, three years after doing it because at that point we only have two super conferences? I mean, that's what Petiti wants. He wants to go to 16 because he wants his conference to get, like, four automatic qualifiers. Well, and you already have some people vouching to, like, Big Ten and SEC. They just need to break off and do their own thing and start their own committee, their own league, and yeah. start running their own playoffs. So it's like, to, to put this at 2026, I, I don't know, like... Also, it kind of seems like they can just do whatever they want whenever they want. Well, they can do whatever they want whenever they want, seemingly... But it, they, they don't do it quick enough. They know they wanted 12 years ago. They just kept riding out with the four. And I know, media contracts. The media is working with these people. They're doing anything and everything they want. When they want, they're just slow out the gate with some of this stuff. It's, I don't know, I, I find a lot of just the college sports conversation uh, beyond mildly annoying at this point. I was thinking about this the other day with the expanded NCAA tournament, right? We've heard them, they want a 96. Let's let's do 96. No, let's not. Right. Everybody says that. But what's interesting is they're actually considering it, and they might do it. Do you know who would make the NCAA tournament right now if they did the field of 96? It's a Pac-12 team. Duh. Just throw out a guess. I'm going to say, because I'm trying to think of, like, Utah? No. The Washington Huskies who have not had a good year. They're not a good basketball team. They would make the tournament. And the, you know the danger of this? The danger of stuff like that? How do you evaluate a coach? You're going to fire a coach? He's just going to claim, I made, well, the made the tournament. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> Did we win a game? Like a, a bad team with a bad coach might actually be able to win a game or two in a field of 96. And then what do you do? So I... I don't know, man. Like in the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, Big 12, all of this, you keep expanding that playoff, and maybe it'll stop at 16 eventually. But if it goes past 16 even, you're kind of in the same thing. Like what do you do if you're A&M and your coach consistently makes the playoff because it's 24, but they don't win a title? You, are you going to fire a guy because he didn't win a title? I, I mean, I, I know they fired um, uh, Jimbo because of that, but they paid Jimbo like $100 million. My point is, how do you determine when a coach comes and goes with this stuff? But specifically in football, I'm not shocked that this is the outline of what they want to do. I just think it's funny that we're acting like the Big Ten and SEC isn't going to get those final three spots based on highest ranked teams. Yeah, I mean, because that's the with it being conference automatic qualifiers like that. 
that third SEC team, that third Big Ten team, those could be the 15th, 16th, 20th ranked team in the country already. Yep. And, I mean, kind of look at how the SEC played last year. I mean, I, I would have to see how the final uh, college football rankings or what the one was going into the college football playoff. But it's like it's not like the SEC had a deep year. Like, it was really top-heavy. And so... I think some years, yeah, those three at-large bids are going to go to SEC and Big Ten because of the favoritism towards, especially now that their conferences are so much bigger and have better teams, that, yeah, there's going to be that favoritism towards them already. So when they look at those three spots, is it going to be a Big Ten, an SEC team? I don't you know. Time will tell, but will time the, tell? The I mean, way, don't, we, don't we know this? I was going to say, but the way that things have played out over the last ten years is that SEC is always getting the nod, and with the Big Ten now being the conference that's right there nipping at their heels with their teams and their portfolio of schools that they have, I I'd be hard to disagree with you on that. That that those three at large bids are going to go to anybody else. Maybe you get a. Uh, well, not Cincinnati because they're going to be in the big Notre Dame is the wild card team that would get this because they don't have a conference affiliation. I'm going to go through this. This is the final. These are the final rankings. OK, uh, let me see the final. F- mm, OK, I'll just give you these rankings. This is the AP. So obviously not the CFP, but pretty close to the same thing. Yeah. Michigan, Big Ten, Washington, Big Ten, Texas, SEC, Georgia, SEC, Alabama, SEC, Florida State, ACC, Oregon, Big Ten, Missouri, SEC, Ole Miss, SEC, Ohio State, Big Ten. Those are the top ten. Next, uh, Arizona, Big 12, LSU, SEC, Penn State, uh, Big Ten, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, SEC. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yesterday's news wasn't stunning by any stretch, but... I don't know. I, I saw that information from Ross Dellinger, and again, it's not a done deal. Maybe they'll bail out. Who knows? But all the intel says this is kind of the model they want, and if that's the model they want, Joe, this is how it's going to shape out, basically year by year. Now, maybe you some year, maybe Miami figures this out or whatever. Largely, though, this is what it's going to be. It's the SEC Big Ten with a little sprinkling of Big Twelve, ACC, and a Notre Dame. We've been hearing about it. We've been, this has been talked about more and more ever since the realignment has just gotten crazy with teams leaving. And, uh, you know, SEC and Big Ten, this is exactly what they wanted. But again, it's like, who's to even say at this point that this is going to be what actually happens in 2026 and beyond? For, yeah. I mean, they might be doing this for a few years. I mean, who knows what the college landscape is going to look like in 2028 with college football? Because, I mean, people are saying too, college football. Division one, the uh, power five, they just need to basically break off and make it one big league of their own. Yeah. No. And then at that point, you're just taking the 14, 16 teams out of that group and then whoever the top 16 and then, you know, power five, independent school, whoever you are. Tough ass, essentially. That's what they're going to say. Um, all right, let's go. David Sampson used to uh, be the president exec of the of the Miami Marlins. He is now in media. He's got a podcast, Nothing Personal. I want to get his thoughts on the expansion of MLB, where he thinks Portland sits versus Salt Lake. I got a Barrett clip I want to play him, get his thoughts on that. David Sampson joins us next. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, that's the music we play for the moment we get our team and the sun is shining on us and we're a Major League Baseball city. At least that's the hope. David Sampson, nothing personal. The podcast, Metal Arc Media, former exec in Major League Baseball on Twitter, at David P. Sampson. He joined us last year to talk about this. I wanted to get him on again. I'm a big fan of his. And so he joins us now. David, good morning. Thanks for hopping on with us. Good morning. My pleasure. Uh, I will start with, uh, we want Major League Baseball. You're well aware of this. We don't know who the whole group is. We get a couple people publicly. One is a former Blazer broadcaster. The other one is an exec from Nike. They're the ones that largely do the talking of this stuff, and they always say, we're not the money guys. Have you done any digging or found out anything about the Portland Diamond Project group and who might be backing this stuff financially? No, but you bring up a great point in that whoever is doing the public side, the reason why you leave the money person out is that when you're putting a group together to do expansion or relocation, start with expansion where it could be up to a $2 billion expansion fee or a billion. Let's just make it easy and say it's a billion dollars. Then you've got to get a ballpark done. Then you've got to invest in, in creating an organization which means minor league teams and putting your infrastructure together, your baseball department, sales, marketing. It's, it's starting a company from scratch, but not building a company and waiting for revenue. You have to have the entire company going before you sell a ticket. Now, of course, Portland could sell personal seat licenses or could get ticket deposits from people in anticipation but remember, you're going to be running a team for multiple years before you have your first major league game. That's what expansion is. And the, the finances required are so significant. The numbers are so large that there is not a fully baked group anywhere that's fully funded and fully financed. You're still looking for partners, so you really don't want to get out ahead of that. David, uh, my producer Swag, we we had a debate like a week ago on this, and and we differ, and I'm curious where you'll end up on it. Uh, is there a point where you do introduce who the the maybe the biggest of names of this group are? Like, is there a point for you 
where it would be important to let the public know, like, yeah, we have the money. And oh, by the way, here is the people with the money because they're, they're kind of sitting at this not telling a spot right now. And they keep teasing, like, eventually, if they get to a certain point, they will. Is it important, you think, for their yeah, their efforts, for the city support stuff to allow us to know who those backers are? Or would you not do that? Only if you don't want a team. So it's totally up to you. If you want to know who the money is, then you won't get a team. And he, why do I say that? Major League Baseball, the commissioner and the owners who are going to be voting for which city gets expansion and then which ownership group gets it. They don't want people getting ahead of themselves and getting out there in public before they've got approval and before they've got a team. So the smart people around the country who want to own a team, they are very, very quiet. So the Portland Diamond Project, they've said that uh, they, they are not going to need any public funding or uh, taxpayer money to. Uh, it's And this is where I'm going. It's like, wow, that was a quick groan. Well, and this is my question is, do you feel like that is disingenuous and that a new team stadium, everything that goes into that will not happen unless unless there is money coming from the public or taxpayer money? Because, I mean, you take a poll in the city of Portland, I think you'd get 99% of uh, residents saying, uh, hell no, you're not taking a dime from us. There is no chance to get a team without public subsidies. Zero. There's no chance to get a corporation to move to Portland without public subsidies. Nobody does anything without public subsidies. So I want to make sure that people understand that. Anytime you get a new corporation or a corporation stays there uh, as a home office, there are tax breaks and incentives. That is very normal. Mm-hmm. And it is page one of an owner playbook. Never say, I'll do it all myself. Because you're lying the minute your mouth opens. Now, is it possible the stadium itself will be privately financed? That's semantics because you need public infrastructure. You need better roads. You need utilities. You need all sorts of things to help a stadium operate and function. And that would come from the public. You may need environmental cleanup at a site and that would be paid for by the public. So while the building itself may not, because it is semantics, it's important for an owner to never go out and say that, Hey, my name is David Sampson, and we will never use public money. It just makes you look like an idiot when you do. David Sampson's our guest here, former exec, Major League Baseball, now doing his own podcast. Nothing personal. He just celebrated his 1,000th episode. He's been doing this for quite some time, and he's joining us here. We're talking about the Portland Diamond Project. We did an event out at an indoor golf simulator. Uh, we called it our Fan Winter Golf Classic, David. And one of the people that's speaking for the group is a former Blazer broadcaster, Mike Barrett. And he's talked about this for a couple years now since this group has come to light in some ways. And one thing was brought up about Salt Lake. And I want to get your thoughts. I'm going to play a clip for you. And it's kind of his or the group's position of Salt Lake time zone wise. And if that plays a factor and also having just, you know, politically public support for a group. So here's the clip. And if I'm Salt Lake, I don't want the A's to move to Vegas because are they going to really put another team in the mountain time zone not that far from Salt Lake and Denver? And you have a cluster of three. When you look at the, when you look at the map and you look at baseball where there are teams, there is this massive hole yep. out where we are. We got one. And, you know, I, Commissioner Manfred talked, what, how long has it been? Five years ago, talked about needing another team 
in the Pacific time zone in order for, I mean, for the, you know, when you're a commissioner, you're talking about time zones, you're talking about TV start times and first pitch times. And that's why I think that we are still, even though Salt Lake really has, has dialed things up and they have massive political support. And we've said from the beginning, you need to have elected, well, we, we were told that, we, you need to have elected officials as your champions in this thing. So they've done a good job of dialing that in. And they're trying to seize some momentum. So, David, that's not something I would have thought about. That was interesting when Barrett said that, like time zone playing a factor and how they may feel confident as a group if it's Salt Lake versus Portland and where the A's end up. What does all of that stuff mean to you? So when we looked at expansion and we were studying that while I was in the game as part of committees I was on, we were looking at expansion and we were looking at realignment. And when you do look at realignment, some, sometimes it, we even looked at radical realignment like Yankees and Mets in the same division type of thing, like eight divisions of four teams, like no American League, no National League. I mean, we looked at some very, you know, outside-the-box things. And one of the things that you do factor in is start times and time zones. However, what is way more important when you are looking at expansion is whether or not that city will be able to actually support a team and that you are not adding a revenue-sharing recipient. They want to add a revenue-sharing payor, or at worst, revenue-sharing neutral, but really you want a revenue-sharing payor. You want to make the pot bigger. You want to make it so there is more sharing of money, and that takes precedence. In terms of travel time, Portland, Salt Lake, multiple West, West teams or mountain time teams, is it something to be considered? I would say yes. Is it something that is dispositive? The answer is absolutely not. So when you talk amongst your peers, and I don't know how much this pops up in these types of conversations, the city of Portland and their expansion efforts, but what is the general feeling that you get for an MLB team in Portland in general and, and also compare Port what Portland has to a city like Salt Lake? Because if you have been getting a pulse of like Jeff Passan and people in the media is that they've essentially leapfrogged Portland uh, as the West Coast team. What are, what's the kind of uh, the feeling that you get from people that you've talked to? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of posturing. So leapfrogging is a great word. I like that word because by definition in leapfrog, when you have leaped somebody, you then get left. And so it's a back and forth. And what MLB is trying to do is raise the level of all potential candidates. And if they lose Vegas as an expansion candidate, which they plan to do, they need multiple cities on the West Coast. And that includes Salt Lake City when I say that. Multiple cities sort of west of the Mississippi to be candidates for expansion. So it is important, if not critical for MLB, that Salt Lake City and Portland are both ready to go so there can be bidding that happens to maximize what the fee would be and then maximize what the likelihood of success will be. What he pointed out there about public support is so important, uh, which is why an owner in Portland or a spokesperson saying, hey, no public money needed. Public support, public official support is a prerequisite for getting one of these teams to getting an expansion team because you will need help. I would like to point out a change that's happened that has helped Portland. And I want to give your audience sort of a bit of positive news is that it's no longer a huge factor what size your media market is. 
And that was a that used to be the number one factor when looking at expansion or relocation is what will the TV deal be and what's the DMA, what number market is the DMA. Because of the implosion of the regional sports network business and the need for teams now to figure out streaming and other ways to monetize their live programming, the fact that Portland is a smaller media market is not a demerit the way it used to be. David, I, I, I could talk with you for an hour and a half on this stuff. Unfortunately, I'm in live radio and I have a clock, but I do. I have to ask you this. At, at, well, I'll give you a two-parter. Dodgers of the field, first of all. Our producer is a massive Dodgers fan who's already complaining about his fourth starter. It's annoying. Uh, and the other, the other thing I want to ask you as we get you out of here, if you were still in baseball, if you were still one of these representatives for a team and you're in these meetings with owners or with the commissioner, where would you lean right now? And I know that there's so much that has to happen. And you say you get you leap and then you get leapt. Right? It's a back and forth. Where would you lean on Salt Lake versus Portland at this moment to you? Well, listen, that that is such a, a, I don't want to say a silly question, but a tough question. Okay. Where would I lean? I've always loved Portland, uh, which is nothing against Salt Lake, because if I were on the radio in Salt Lake, I would say that I love Salt Lake because it's true. <laughs> I love them both. And I think that they both can have baseball. I see a world where they can. So I, I don't think that there's anyone in the lead at the moment. And the other point is when you're running a marathon, leading the marathon at mile 13 is useless. Mm. You don't want to be the stalking horse. You don't want to be the leader and then run out of gas and get past at mile 20. And it is a marathon, and you know that in Portland, and you've been doing this for decades. So this is as close as Portland's gotten because expansion is happening. It is absolutely happening as soon as Oakland and Tampa get themselves together. So this is the reason for optimistic. At, to be optimistic. As for your World Series question, I have a guaranteed answer for you. Mm. Anyone who offers you Dodgers or the field, take the field. Yeah. It is a guarantee. The Dodgers signed a designated hitter and then a Japanese pitcher who may be an ace or he may be vice We don't know exactly what Yamamoto is going to be. What we do know is that Complaining about a four-starter may sound upsetting to you, but the point is Dodgers pitching is mediocre. And we learned last year when the Dodgers got swept by the Diamondbacks that if Betts and Freeman just go cold for three games and you get Kershaw giving it up in the first inning, all of a sudden you're home on the couch watching the playoffs with the rest of the teams. So I would say it is really hard to win the offseason and then translate that to winning the World Series, and I would know. I've won the offseason and then lost 90 games, and I've lost the offseason and won a World Series. So there really is no correlation. So for all the Dodgers fans out there, if you're starting your ticker tape parade celebration, I would say that is quite premature. Well, David, we appreciate the time, and we have an event out here called Hood to Coast. I know you're a marathon runner. It's a it's a team event, but it's it's a lot of fun. We start at Mount Hood, and we run all the way to the beach, and then people just get hammered and drunk and have a big party on the beach. If you're ever interested in coming out west, let's get you back on to talk baseball. Maybe in a couple of weeks, we'd love to just talk baseball as it is with the teams and the all the division races. Okay, great. Thank you for hopping on with us this morning. It. 
Yeah. You had me at hammered. Have a good one. <laughs> well, hey, I want to let you know your story on taking a dump in somebody's house during a marathon and then leaving. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the most disgusting stories I've ever heard in my entire That's life. That's dedication, David. I want you to know that when it comes to defending my life, when I die, that is definitely going to come up and I will have nothing to say. I'm so mortified by it. <laughs> oh, nothing's personal, right, David? <laughs> Exactly. Own it. Own it. You're yeah. fine. There we go. David Sampson, Nothing Personal Podcast, former exec, Major League Baseball, giving us his thoughts on expansion on Twitter at David P. Sampson. Thanks, David. Have a great day. Bye-bye. There we go. Good stuff. David Sampson. Uh, let's react to some of what he said there. Dirt and Sprague back with more on The Fan. Our thanks again to David Sampson, Nothing Personal Podcast. Um, let's, yeah. let's go around and do this. We'll get back into it in the final hour in case you missed that interview with David Sampson talking about the Portland Diamond Project. Us versus Salt Lake. Where did he leave you anywhere? Did he make you feel anything about where? Because you know, I listened to the Barrett interview yesterday. I I missed it when it was live. I was coaching my girls' basketball team, and you know, I, I I understand someone like Mike Barrett or somebody connected to that group turns on a radio and hears me or somebody that maybe complains about something, and it feels like it's negativity or somebody on Twitter tweeted something once, dude. Almost everybody that's a sports fan wants this to happen. Yes. This is just, hey, I've lived in Beaverton. I know what 217 is like. I think it's totally reasonable as a citizen of the city in the surrounding area to wonder aloud, will this make sense? Will this work for people? So I, I you know, some of the criticism I think is fair, but like also staying optimistic is tough. It is. Did David Sampson make you feel anything? Um. Well... <laughs> Not to panic. Don't be defeatist. The people that you have to impress is a very small group of people, but they're very private people, as he alludes to. So you have to overcome your desire as a fan to want to know everything right now. Yeah, by the way, let me acknowledge publicly on the air. We we went back and forth on that. Yes. According to David Sampson, and he is management, David Sampson says, you're right. You keep it under locks. Don't let this thing get out, and you wait to the right moment to do there it. There will be a time and a place where it's very appropriate for them, and it's usually somewhere where you start asking the public to give you your money mm. or give give you their money. Yeah. Either deposits or personal seat licenses or whatever the hell you go down. Yeah. When you're asking them to pony up, they have to know you have the, the big money bags in the back end to deliver. I think uh, Barrett also said this in his interview with Isaac and Souk. I believe... If I'm not mistaken, he said if they can get the red tail land, that is around. And he said his hope, his hope, I believe I'm phrasing this right, is that that point we'll start to get maybe some information. Yeah, further. they're not going to actually buy. You can have an agreement in principle to have the first option to buy property, but you're not going to actually purchase property until you know you're going to be able to do what you want with it. And so the only thing I say to people that Anish, look, putting a place there, yes, I've lived out on the west side my entire life. I know what a mess 217 is, how crowded that area is. But you also have to recognize from the time that they say they're doing something until it actually gets built and we're playing baseball there is going to be four or five years. Oh, you yeah. have time to put in some sort of in infrastructure and work through all of those things. It's not, it's not going to be immediate. Well, the one thing that I've said is they ha they have that little commuter train over there, the West 
train or whatever. Yeah, like, a little trolley thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, you start, you load that up and make a bigger train that can hold, obviously, more people that can take you from the Beaverton Town Center um, max stop over there that can trickle people down, and then you get dropped over by the, the Planet Fitness or whatever is across, or it's a Crunch Fitness right over there across the street. But, man, I, my optimism has started to wane, and from his vibes, like... When you talk about public support and needing public money, that's where I'm just like, all right, we're done here. Because, again, I think it's just you pull the city and ask people about having an MLB team. Mm -hmm. I feel like it is overwhelmingly negative. And really? Yes. I feel like the more I talk about it and the more I You don't I think the it, internet has allowed the noise to seem louder than it is? It's it's quite possible mm -hmm. that that is it, that you know people like to bitch and moan more online. Well, and, yeah, we lie about everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's where those voices, they, they want to work the keyboards and let their opinions know more about it, about how terrible an idea is. So that could just be leaking into my mind and mm. where I see more of that versus like, yeah, I want a baseball team, but that that's... That's how I feel is that the public support for making this happen has waned over time. Like, and initially it's like, oh, that'd be cool. But as this keeps getting dragged along and the options get shot down as far as where a stadium's going to be and how this is going to actually happen. Yeah, they still need to get that land. They still need that red tail lot. And I think that, you know, I, I am on this side of just give us a stadium. I don't care where it is. Give us a team. I don't care. So if it is in Beaverton, yeah. Red Tail, Southwest Portland, whatever, like, dude, just give it to I us. I mean, they get the land. that That's where they're going to build. I said it before. I'd love to be on a train and somebody goes, hey, remember your bad take? I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to a doubleheader right now. So, like, yeah, I had a bad take. Cool. It, but you I had a bad take? <laughs> but, man, I will say after leaving the concert last night at the Moda Center and walking around Lloyd Center and it just being dead, like nothing is happening around Lloyd Center, mm -hmm. the stadium needs to be there. Well, I know it's not going to happen, but yeah. God, it would be so great if that's where it would end up being. But again, I'm at the point where it's like, Red Tail, cool, make it happen. Yeah. Well, and they talked about the land mass and what you can fit and how like the stadium is 7% of that land and... You know, Barrett said they got an all. They're trying to pivot if they don't get that land. But to me, if you don't get the red tail lot, it's not that it's dead. It just, I think there's going to be a lot of like, where are you going now, and how they catch up with all that. But to David Sampson's credit, right when you leap somebody, then you eventually get leapt. It's a marathon that we're in here. I'll bring some of that back in the final hour of the show. Loaded second hour. Chris Mannix will join us at seven thirty. Dirt and Sprague hour two with Joe Fish next on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t oh, 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 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.